Today's episode of the Business Shower Podcast is sponsored by O2 Connect Networking. Looking for a great platform to connect and network with other New Jersey Black-owned businesses? Check out the O2 Connect Networking, which allows brotherpreneurs and sisterpreneurs to promote and market their new businesses, events, community service projects, and more. Find them on Facebook at O2 Connect Networking, on IG at O2 Connect Networking 22, or join their mailing list by emailing them at O2Connect at Yahoo.com. So, hi everybody, welcome to the Business Shower Podcast. I am your host, Kelly Edwards, and today we are talking with Portia Brown and Kai Trevor uh, from Red Styles Media. How are you doing today, Portia? Um, I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to be here and, and, and talk right. with you guys. Okay. All right. So tell um, our listeners who you are and what your business does. Okay. So uh, Red Site Media, uh, we like to consider it a full service uh, media production company. We specialize, you know, in visuals and not limited to commercials, music videos, short films, documentaries, uh, food videos, Facebook ads, anything like that. Um, We have a bunch uh, of a bigger network so that we're able to also help clients with their graphic needs, uh, video editing, photography, anything along those lines. We probably have someone within our network that can help you with it. Okay. So it's, it's, it's almost like a network of, of photographers and um, anything that has to do with media. Hey, Kai. Yeah. Hey. Hey, how are you? Right. I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So uh, Portia was just telling me about the business and what you guys do. Um, so I'm sorry. Go ahead, Portia. Say it again. Sorry. Oh, no. Well, basically what I was saying was that, um, I wouldn't so much consider it a network of photographers and videographers. It's, it's me and Cal really run um, the the production side of it. Um, but if there's a part, so like, for example, like let's say you're doing a music video. I, we just had this recently with a client. We shot a music video for the client and they needed a logo for their brand. So we do have a network of other contracted uh, creatives that help kind of add to our visual productions, whatever that may be. Graphics, visual effects, special effects, makeup artists, hairstylists, okay. uh, anything you might need to put together a visual production. We had the visual production part of it, mm-hmm. but all the supplemental areas, we, we've kind of created a network of people that can help fulfill, you know, those needs for your production. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Right. So it's a one-stop shop, basically, like full service production company so you really just come to us with the ideas that you have for your video or photo project and then we pretty much handle the rest so um if anything outside of our particular skill set was needed we do have people that we work with on a regular basis who um you know who fulfill those needs for us absolutely okay awesome awesome so tell us how how you guys got started like, how'd you guys meet and um, your, uh, like your story behind why you got started in this business? Mm. So very briefly, I met Portia when I was 15. I had just moved to Jersey from New York. Um, she was one of my first friends in Jersey and she's actually still my friend. So that's a miracle. Yeah, he's stuck now. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, so that's how, yeah, we met on debate team, actually, and somehow we lasted, you know, through college and stuff like that, and she went off to the military, and when she came back, she went to school for film, and somehow I found myself doing photography, um, very, very much separate ventures, like, we weren't even really talking about it much um, with each other, but once she started practicing, kind of, like, after college, she was like, you know, I want you to help me. I like your photography and I think you would be good at film. You know, you should help me uh, DP or be my director of photography. And I was like, sure. What's the director of photography? I had no idea. And then, um, yeah, I mean, she convinced me to make my first video, which was disastrous, I might add. Um, but it, if I wouldn't have made that video, I wouldn't be as good as I am today. So, you know, we kind of just, 
were friends that had similar interests and, you know, ended up starting a business together. Yeah. Now, let me add this part, though. We were also theater kids. Mm, okay. Okay. I'm I'm a weird mashup. They like to make fun of me sometimes because I was like the nerdy jock. Mm. I, also, I don't know if you remember, you know, I also played yeah. basketball. I played volleyball. I ran cross country. But I would be showing up to debate team or band practice in my basketball jersey the same after, you know. Yeah. So, I, you know, it was like, I knew he was really doing his thing with photography. Like, he's always really been a bomb photographer. And I knew what our history was from theater, like, just natural creatives. Yeah. So, I, yeah, like he said, I kind of convinced him to kind of swing over to the video side mm. and start getting, um, you know, start getting into that. So, and, and we've just been rocking since. That's amazing. So... First of all, I didn't know you went to Orange High too. Um, see, I you know what? With me in high school, it was a lot of stuff I didn't do and I just didn't want to do. I didn't start doing stuff until I got to college. But um, you guys, you graduated 2003, right? 06. 06, okay. He was 06, I was 05. Okay, and yeah, and I was 04. So, yeah. Wow, this is amazing. Look at all this professional oh, stuff coming out of Orange, New Jersey. Exactly. Good. Okay, so let's let's move forward with the interview. So my next question, um, and I'm going to have to ask you guys this separately. Um, okay. So what three people influenced you to become who you are today? I don't know who wants to go first. I'm going to let Portugal first. Okay, go throw me on the bus. Okay. <laughs> um, what three people influenced me to become who I am today? Mm-hmm. You know, one of those people I would definitely have to say is my sister. Okay. Um, because my sister has always kind of pursued entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Pretty much as long, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. Pretty much as long as I can remember. I mean, my sister bought her first house, like, in her early 20s. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it was motivating, you know, coming from where we come from. I grew up in apartment buildings my whole life. Owning a house seemed so far-fetched you know so um she's definitely one big person um of course my mom I think my mom really helped instill the work ethic you know what I'm saying like I'm I'm really a hard charger I kind of don't have an off switch Mm -hmm. and that is my mom um but my mom's more of a nine to five girl you know she know how to get it nine to five my sister is she'll have a, a, a million and one businesses and they'll all be thriving you know so those those two. Um, the third person, man, that's that's tough. Like, that, that's a tough one. Yeah. I don't know. I'm gonna have to come back to my third person. I, I gotta think back. on that a little bit. Yeah, I, th- I gotta think on that one though. That's that's All a tough right. one. I'm gonna switch over to um, Kyle. What you got? So, um, I would have to say. Uh, probably my parents um for different reasons um my mom has just always kind of just been super encouraging i guess and um and just like super open-minded so for me i feel like the way that she is um has conditioned me to be able to try new things maybe more easily um or with less reservations than maybe other people um my dad has probably owned his own business since I've never known him to work for somebody else. I'll put it to you that way. So I think that, you know, in part that my parents owning their own business for as long as I can remember also gave me a little bit more, um, I don't know, insight into the fact that I could have my own business. Mm -hmm. So definitely my dad, third person. Uh, Right. Can I just, I'm, this not necessarily my third person, but I just want to piggyback off of what Kyle said that, his dad and, you know, his parents actually kind of really inspired me, too, a little bit. I want to say they shape who I am today. Mm-hmm. But from the time I met Cal, they've always had their own store. They own, you know, something. Yeah. And, you know, in the black community, that just wasn't something I was used to seeing. No. I tell Cal this all the time to this day. You know, you're talking 20 plus years of friendship. And I still tell him this. I've always had man. I used to ride my bike to his dad's store just oh. just to walk around it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I had never seen that, especially in art. He owns stores in Orange. Wow. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And I had never seen that. But with that being said, if I had to name, I wouldn't say it's a third person, but I think Orange is really a big catalyst into who 
I am. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not trying to say it was this old, terrible, bad play because I, you know, that's in my heart. I love Orange. But you see a lot of stuff. You know, you go through a lot of stuff, a lot of ups and downs and stuff. But I think that alone helped kind of shape me into things that I either didn't ever want to see again or make better. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it, it, it kind of helped give me that 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 thriving personality, I would say, like kind of being from Orange. Okay. Yeah. So did you figure out your... Uh, I your didn't. Life? I was, I was okay. just going to say, oh, unfortunately. <laughs> no, no, it's good. It's good. Um, all right. So um, what do you guys enjoy most about um, being an entrepreneur and um, what's the hardest part? I'm going to let you start off with this one, Cal, because you do this full time. I think the thing that I love most about it is just kind of being, I, I, there's something that is both um, spiritually and then, you know, later on financially, um, I don't know, gratifying about working for yourself because not only are you making money, but you're also doing something that you love to do. So although it still feels like work, it just doesn't feel as like draining or, I don't know, purposeless as, you know, some nine to five where you're going to work for somebody else. I think the part about it is just getting over that hump. You know what I'm saying? There's a certain amount of, um, I don't want to say unpaid, but let's say for a certain amount of time, you're going to be putting in a lot more than you're getting out and it has to be consistent. And I uh, basically just getting that ball rolling because I, you know, once the faucet opens, it, it opens. But, uh, I think the hardest part is just, you know, staying consistent and doing what you need to do to compete with those, uh, bigger and more established, um, production companies. Right. Okay. Now I definitely agree with Cal on that. Um, as far as like the best thing about being an entrepreneur, um, just that satisfaction of like getting it from here, you know, in your head to, um, on video or something like that for a client or for yourself. Um, the biggest struggle is um, I always say like, you know, building that audience and that support system, mm-hmm. you get a lot of people that only want to support the success. Mm-hmm. They don't want to support the struggle, mm-hmm. you know, and that is probably the most like, ugh, it gives me almost like anxiety. That is the most aggravating part of it all because people only want to support you on the other side. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, to be able to tie themselves, I, you know, I got to call it like it is to be able to tie themselves to you once the success happens you know what i'm saying people that we know that were almost i don't want to say in all cases but almost specifically we're talking about like the people you know from orange high the people you know from temple the people you know from Rutgers, the people you know from all from your old jobs that are still on facebook these are probably the people that you expect to support you maybe first Mm -hmm. but in all actuality your most your strongest um, support from strangers yeah. and then what happens is once mass 300,000 strangers that's when everybody from you know orange high crease back like oh that's p brown 06 and this <laughs> yes it is yes yeah when i was putting stuff out before <laughs> they wasn't with you shooting in the gym huh Kyle? <laughs> <laughs> right. now nah, but it's true though that that's We're debating in the That, that, that's, yeah, that's basically it. Um, outside of that, you know, I, I try to remind myself on why I love what I do and why I started doing it, you know, to kind of keep myself on that straight and narrow and not worry about kind of what's happening over here and trying to pull people in. I feel like that I have to let that happen naturally, you know, and that's pretty much where we're at in, in our business, honestly. And you know what? I want to change that narrative where we don't support you know, businesses and, you know, our people, because that's the whole point of the business shower. Right. Right. Is to start supporting us more because I, I see that a lot and I've been through that as well. Like, you know, you ain't want to support me when I was first starting. You wouldn't come to none of my events. You wouldn't right. come to anything that I was doing. And now you want to talk like, right. so I, I completely, I completely get that. And I want to change that. So, um, and I don't want to be petty about it anymore. Cause a lot of people know right. me being petty. I know cool. I just, I don't want to be petty about it anymore. Let's just come together and let's right. just, let's just do this. Like, yeah. cause we all got one goal, but, um, 
So next question. Um, what did you guys take from school um, to help you in starting your own businesses? Um, you know, I would say for me, it was the, I think early on, I've always been a busybody. Mm-hmm. Most people who know me, especially from high school, know I, I was, if I was allowed to be in that club or sport or whatever, I was in it. Okay. I, I did it. You know what I'm saying? So I think that started early on. And I did take a lot from not just theater, um, music. I play violin, saxophone. You know what I'm saying? So just, I, I just always loved being creative. And I've always felt like there just wasn't enough of it coming from an inner city school you know it was like the bare minimum of what you get unless you had a teacher or something that was truly truly dedicated Mm -hmm. to what they did and I did have a couple like that you know coach Frazier you know I gotta give her a shout out Mm -hmm. I mean there's no there's nobody else like her you know as far as like instilling work ethic grind hustle you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. I really took that with me I still praise for it all the time okay yeah I mean so I think that's the biggest thing I took from me those couple of teachers or or instructors that you had that did more than the minimum you know did more than what the curriculum required you know what i mean they kind of connected with you on a personal level okay yeah what about you yeah are you saying high school or school in general school in general I was going to say, funny enough, Portia talked more about high school, and I actually expected you to talk about Full Sail because Full Sail is so geared towards. So she went to um, school for digital cinematography, and her school is so designed to, like, while other colleges, I feel like, prepare you to work for somebody else, I feel like the school she went to prepares you to work for yourself. And um, I just thought that was a really good thing because I feel like I don't want to say that I I haven't gained anything, but I feel like the American school system is designed to point you towards working for somebody else. I don't think that there's anything entrepreneurial in spirit about it. Um, So a lot of what I got about it, like I said, came from my parents and other things like that. I think if I would have like followed the school way out of I probably would have thought a little bit differently about it. And maybe that's why I didn't necessarily bring up Full Sail. And don't get me wrong, love Full Sail. Hey, y'all. Uh, because I graduated uh, almost four years ago now. And I still talk to my career counselor from Full Sail mm. all the time. Like, she reaches out to me all the time. I, don't, I think the only reason I didn't bring them up because because they're geared towards entrepreneurship, it's more technical and less creative-based. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I learned a lot about copyrights, trademarks, you know, how to do production forms, how to, you know, those, those technical aspects of it. And I like that because when I went to Temple, I went to art school and it was actually the opposite. I felt like I was kind of being forced to take on the instructor's point of view creatively, mm-hmm. you know, versus like just letting me kind of find my own lane. So I respect Full Self for that, but I got more technical from them than anything else. Like, like Kyle said, building a business about it and knowing the technical terms and stuff. I definitely got that from them for sure. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, um, what's, what's you guys biggest pain point right now that you've been experienced with, with, uh, these times of COVID like has, or has it even affected you guys at all? I mean, greatly because I mean, you take Cardi B's uh, WAP video. She said that she spent like 75000 just on like COVID precautions and testing. Wow. So, you know, that's what big budget videos are doing to protect people. Um, obviously, most of the clientele that we're working with are not, not only is their entire budget not 75000 they definitely don't have 75000 for COVID security. So it's just been a matter of being like very creative in terms of um, how you allocate your money, you know, still trying to make sure people stay safe. And then actually, generally speaking, just getting back into business in the last maybe five months, because prior to that, you know, everything was was basically done. You know, it literally came to an abrupt halt. And so everything that I did during COVID was mostly digital. And that's just not my that's not my realm at all in terms of video and I'll never do it again. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that, that's 
where we are right now. I think the biggest point was just that for our business, it requires people to be around each other. Right. So um, we couldn't be around each other. And so for a long time, things came to a complete halt. Yeah. yeah, I think the most interesting thing that I found funny with us, so me and Cal in March were actually in Atlanta shooting a video. Mm-hmm. This was like right in the beginning of everything. Like it wasn't like we haven't entered the shutdown yet. There's very little information coming out. So I don't think either one of us dug into it too hard. We had a gig. We went to Atlanta mm-hmm. and it was like we came back and it was like shut down mm-hmm. and from that point, it literally, like he said, came to a halt. But to get specific, I mean, we were supposed to go to Tanzania to shoot a documentary this year. Um, we had, what, like six music videos on the books at the beginning of the year? Uh-huh. Something like that, like five or six music videos on the books. Um, I mean, the beginning of the year was, it. we were yeah. booked. We were slammed. Mm-hmm. We were picking up pace. It was feeling good. So that was probably the hardest part. Like, everything completely i don't even know if tanzania is going to even ever happen if it's going to happen at all now right you know that was a we were so looking forward to that you know things like that so i think the biggest thing was like when you do this when you're in production you know you get your babies your productions you know what i'm saying so to know that some of those might not even come back or be repeated opportunities but you know you got to deal with what you got and kind of you know uh, forge ahead so that's where we're at now and i think we're picking back up momentum even as you look on tv other productions are starting back up you know mm-hmm. so that was kind of a green light for us to kind of try to make some things happen and make the uh necessary adjustments yeah well listen i'm praying that does happen for y'all i'm praying that this whole situation yeah. will be over soon like yeah. i'm just I'm, I'm i'm ready i'm ready, I know, to, I know. ready for it to be over um, okay, so we know that entrepreneurship can be in tough road. Um, and in those difficult moments, how do you guys uh stay motivated and keep moving forward? Vent to each other every day. <laughs> okay. That's a we good way. Talk, we, we talk pretty much every day, and it's actually funny you asked this question because we kind of had this conversation what like two days ago, Kyle. Basically, mm-hmm. like we need to keep each other accountable get it out vent you know vent get it out and now let's pick ourselves back up and move forward that's that's really the biggest thing after everything was said and done the other day that is where we landed on we it's okay to be obsessed okay to fall down and have your frustrations but we will not linger in it and we need to hold each other accountable um with that not dwelling in that because you have zero productivity when you're in that mindset right it's literally true. And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, I mean, that's, that's it in a nutshell. Like you yeah. talk about it and then you, you move, you move on because the reality is, and I would basically during this conversation, what I was saying is that, you know, thinking about whatever problems that you're going through, like there's somebody else in your field going through the same problems. There's a director who's a single mother. There's a, You know, whatever, whatever problem you got, there's somebody else going through the same exact problem. And somehow they're still managing to put out more content. They're still managing. The reality is, even if you're sad, you still got to put one foot in front of the other. If you're mad, you still got to put one foot in front of the other and you got to move forward. Because generally speaking, staying there is only going to, you know, perpetuate those feelings. So regardless of the fact that you may not feel like going to the gym or whatever the case is, you know, if you go. You keep going, even though you don't feel like it. If going like the way you look or something like that, right? So I feel like it's the same way with your with your career. You may not want to get up every day and work, do something to increase your strength in that area, but if you do, it's going to pay off, and um, you know you'll appreciate it. Right. All right. So y'all hear that? You just got to keep going no matter what. Absolutely. Um. All right. So, uh, what 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 would your parents describe? Uh, what you guys do for a living? What would they say? <laughs> Cal, what would Don? What would Don say? <laughs> uh, at this point, like as of today, he would probably say that my my son does videos and photos. My mom would say my son is a fashion film director and photographer. <laughs> okay. Expressive and kind of um, yeah. I'll say expressive. 
Okay. <laughs> what yeah, about my you? mom had a little spice on it. She had a little. She had a little spice on top. She's probably gonna say, "Ma'am, I said you ain't seeing more TV now." <laughs> <laughs> he was literally on BET. I'm telling you, I gotta find it. Yeah. See. <laughs> And and the fact that she was on BET, your mom probably told everybody that she was on BET. <laughs> Listen, that's they, they are our best cheerleaders, so we gotta yeah. love them. Yeah, however, however they give it to you, you just take it, huh? Exactly. So, Portia, what about you? Uh, my mom old school. Uh, that actually is quite a funny question. Trying to imagine uh, her trying to describe to somebody else, it, it'll probably come out something like. Uh, like you know, she be she be shooting the videos and stuff. You know, it'll it'll probably come out something like that. My mom's best way to describe it is to probably try to describe one of my most recent films or something like that. Because mm-hmm. yeah. she okay. definitely, I don't think, would use like any technical term. She is very old school. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So, um, what is your biggest failure and what did in, in business mm-hmm. and, um, what did you guys learn from it? Mm. That's a good question. Biggest failure. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Mm, I don't know if this is necessarily my biggest failure, but it's definitely, it was definitely a sore spot for me, but um, basically, uh, going back to me doing digital work, I took a digital, like a, a project for video that was pretty much, mm, I would say that 95% of it, because I did have to film and record some of it was, um, stuff that had to be created on the computer, which I'm not well versed in. Um, I'm not really good at it. And, um, the person that asked me to do it, he's a friend of mine, but he's also a business colleague. And I really said yes, because he's gotten me work before. And I felt like, you know, if he was asking me this, then he must think I'm capable of it. And, you know, it must be. But the bottom line of what I'm saying is I think my biggest failure was that I really messed up in terms of just the general. um, I shouldn't have been doing the video at all. And I should have just said no. And uh, I guess my (laughs) my lesson from that is just kind of like if you feel in your heart that I don't want to say that you're not capable of something because you should try. But, you know, you got to know your limits and you got to know when to say no, because the the goal was for me to increase the strength of our relationship. And I honestly think that it would have been the same or even better if I had actually said no to doing the video because it wasn't my forte and because I didn't know everything that it entailed versus saying yes and it just didn't come out the way that I wanted. And it took a lot longer for it to also not be, um, I guess, you know, what was wanted. So that was my thing. Like, do what you like doing all the time. You know, don't, I don't want to say don't cut any corners. You are going to have to do some things that you don't like. But, um, yeah, that was oh, probably limits. my biggest failure this year. I was just like, you know what? This actually would have been better if I would have just said no. And so... Just don't be afraid to say no, I guess, is my uh, my lesson, because it, it can cause one of your biggest failures. Okay. I, I got to agree with that one. Like, I mean, I have I feel like I have a not a ton, but a couple similar situations, especially when you're starting off. You feel very obligated. You know what I'm saying? You feel very, very obligated because you're trying to build an audience. You're trying to build, you know, that support system. So um, when you're dealing with friends and family, like just coming off what Kaylin said, I think just knowing that it is okay to say no or to um, assert yourself and what your value is. And I think that's one of my biggest, I don't want to call it a failure, but I guess you can't say, or something that I've learned from is um, being too lenient with people that I know when it comes to my business. Mm-hmm. That's, and, and that's something I've, I, we've both completely done a 180 on that, but I, I think I agree with Cal. We've both learned from, similar situations and just thinking that it's, um, you know, some type of asset to us to try to bend what we know we typically wouldn't do because we know that person. Yeah. Something like that. So I've definitely learned my lesson with that for sure. Or even because we want the business. Sometimes we don't know the person, but we think we need, we want or need the business. There's a different, there's a bunch of reasons why you might do it, but I don't think any of the reasons end up being like worth it. Right. Yeah. I agree. So would you guys look at that as um, the greatest fear, wanting to please um, like people that are closest to you and then it not working out and 
ends up having a, a negative effect on your business? I would say in the beginning, it was for me in the beginning. Mm, okay. Yeah. What about I, you, Cal? Oh, sorry. Okay. Um, for me, I don't think that that would be my biggest fear. I think it's something that I like a lot. Like I would, I wish that, um, you know, I wish that it was, but it's definitely not my biggest fear. I think my biggest fear is just not being as um, big or successful as I would like to be. Um, would be my only fear per se. Um, but I think I've definitely gotten over, um, you know, like needing or looking for like immediate attention or concern for my business from people that, uh, know me per se. So, um, yeah. I get that. Um, all right, so what would you guys give um, someone wanting to pursue a similar career to you to yours? Like, what advice would you give them? I think I would give them the same advice I would give anybody to just go, you know, as hard as you possibly can at it because you can't really judge the results of any situation that you're in. Um, by, you know, half doing it, you know what I'm saying? Because you won't really know how far you can get. And, um, also just to, just to remember that a career decision doesn't necessarily mean like, let's say you decide to be a videographer and then you find yourself like directing, like just basically to be, to be, to move forward, but you know, not necessarily think that just because they said they were going to be a director doesn't mean that they can't choose some other right. you know niche within that that network you just won't really know what you're going to like to actually do until you start doing it so choose something to do do it vigorously and then while you're in that that zone figure out what the best part of it of it is for you okay absolutely That's some good advice yeah okay so um what resources helped you guys along the way are there any resources that helped you along the way? Full sale. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we always I mean, joke that Cal and Cal kind of got like a free full sale diploma because <laughs> if I learned it, he learned it. You know what I'm saying? Like I literally would give them like, like a full breakdown, give them like a full breakdown of what I did that day or like what topics we going over, projects we working on. So he, I feel like Cal definitely had an advantage, and I wish somebody would have did that to me, so I could have saved my GI bill. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't. I mean, I did. I definitely did get a lot of information from her. I don't feel as well versed. Like you know, I, I think I was thankful that she was in it because anytime I had a question or something like that, I feel like she was able to answer from a more like uh, business side of things. Like I was more running gun and guerrilla style before she got out of college and had like more structured knowledge and information on things. But if I'm being honest, I, I kind of had to create resources out of people. I don't really feel like um, there are any resources that I could be like, oh, if you're a videographer, you know, call up this place, they'll help you out. I don't know of any place like that. Like you literally have to create resources. You have to network and you have to ask like there, I don't, I don't know of any place like that. Because wholesale helps Portia, but she, she paid full sale $40,000. So that's why they're helping her. So, I mean, there are places that'll help you if you pay them, but in terms of resources, you're going to have to create those for sure. Yeah. I, I find that in this business, as in, a, in the artistic field on any level, even in music, people want to hold on to their trade secrets because once a person feels like they've figured out the, the key to success in that field, the average person does not want to release it because in, this is how I take it at least they view you as competition. Now, if if I know uh, doing this particular thing automatically made me successful, they like, I don't want to tell you because then you're going to be just successful as me. And that's a weird concept for me, but to each his own. So yeah. I agree with Cal and that. You will find those people in those gyms that are willing to. And I feel like that is what our network is right now. Okay. It's been a slow grind to get in a network that we trust we can work with, we work with each other, we share with each other. That is hard to find in this industry. It is, but it exists on some level. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna just say it like this, y'all. I'm I'm seeing like uh 
a niche for you guys to create something that is like that could be big and that could help a lot of people. But that's only if y'all want to do that. But yeah, look at that. No, I'm just putting that out there because down. I I smell an e course coming. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. That's a good point. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, all right. So, what is something unique that no one knows about you or your business? So, before y'all answer. A lot of people don't know that me and Portia is related, and we didn't know for four yeah. years of high school. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that good. was that's just something I wanted to put out there real quick. But I want y'all to tell me something unique that uh, no one knows about you or your business. Cal, you got some, you got some unique stuff over there. Who's gonna go first? I'm boring. I guess nah. <laughs> I don't even know what this. I'm sure. I want to say it's necessarily unique about the business. Well, I, I don't even know if it's considered unique. I think this one thing about me is that I struggle with trending things. Mm, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm. I almost have like like a blocker to it. It's like. I never know what's going on in the trending world. And I don't know if that, if that hurts me because I'm in the entertainment business, but for me, I'm not trying to fall in the lane. I'm really trying to make the lane. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? So I tend not to look at trending items because I'm not trying to follow those things. Yeah. I'm not trying to follow the template. There is no template. I, I, w- I want to make it. Mm-hmm. Someone had to start doing color videos. Someone had to start doing sound videos, mm-hmm. you know, and if you actually know your film history, a lot of those things were kind of not widely accepted when they first came out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Somebody had to push the narrative. So for me, I, I can't say I've necessarily found that one thing that I'm like, oh, this is different. But I definitely don't tend to follow what people see to be um, trending, like in, in music videos, anything that I do. I just do whatever's up here. I, I don't really care what just came out last week. Yeah. that makes you unique too because you're doing something that nobody else is doing like i would say i'm I'm very much into the indie world i love my indie folks i love 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 like i spend a lot of time effort and money supporting the indie world i i love them because Mm -hmm. i feel like being an indie artist in whatever genre you are you really have free range you know and I guess what you, I guess to sum it up, what you could say the unique, unique thing is for me as a filmmaker, I have zero desire to go to Hollywood. It's never been a dream of mine. Okay. It's never been a dream. It's, I, it's like, I'm trying to make my Hollywood. I have no desire to pack up all my stuff and fly to LA and try to make it out there. It's, it's never been a thought. Not at all. Not even close. Okay. So I guess that's my unique part. <laughs> Cam. I um I don't know if this is unique though, but I I guess I I feel like my emphasis is fashion, and I feel like no matter what I do, there's always kind of a bit of that in everything that I do. So even when it's not necessarily fashion related, I still think my work has a fashion or beauty perspective to it. But uh, if I'm being honest, I feel like there's other people like that too. So I don't know if that's like super unique, but um, that's probably what sticks out to me. Don't let him be humble, Kelly. Okay. Go, go check out his fashion photography work. Do not mm-hmm. let him sit here and be humble. Okay. Go we check got... out his fashion photography work. It speaks for itself. I'm going to have to look at that. And then, you know, we're going to add that in the show notes for everybody who's listening. So, so let, him, let him know. Because he is very humble about his fashion work. And I'm his biggest mm-hmm. cheerleader when it comes to it. Okay. He's good. He's really good. Yeah, I got to see this. Okay. No, I do think it's good, but I mm-hmm. guess I was just searching for something, I guess, that was, like, super, super unique, like, to, mm-hmm. to put into words, and I don't, um, yeah, that's the only thing I could probably think of, so. Okay. All right. So, what advice would you guys uh, tell your younger self? Mm. Mm. Start earlier. Yeah, that I could have started this earlier. That's exactly what I was going to say. You 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 sometimes think that you have to be like an adult or something. I don't know what what exactly that even is to people, but I think when then, like I said, I think this goes back to the school systems and how and how they train your mind. But 
people should already be practicing whatever trade they're going to be entrepreneur in, in high school, if you ask me. So, uh, or even before, but yeah, definitely. Um, just to start earlier. Absolutely. I agree. I, I agree 100%. <laughs> and I got to agree with y'all too. Cause I feel the same way. Yeah. Um, well, they say hindsight is 2020. Yeah. <laughs> so how, how does, um, how does your, your business, um, different from others who are doing the same thing in the industry? Cause one could say there is a lot of photographers. There's a lot of videographers out there. Um, so okay. how do you guys, how are you guys different? No, go ahead. I was saying, going back to um, your question about being unique, I'm going to piggyback off those answers. I, I feel like I, I feel like Porsche's um, unwillingness to kind of like submit to what is going on in the mainstream. Um, I feel like, I guess, along with me putting fashion and everything um, is probably what would set us apart because like I said, her being, I guess, off kilter, or if you even want to call it that, is, you know, a difference. It's a unique outlook on things. And then I guess to have that fashion and beauty kind of perspective added to things that are not even fashion and beauty, like let's say a beer commercial or something like that, are, um, are you know, how we try to set ourselves apart. Right, right. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I agree with Cal. I think that... And then the other part I would add to that that I feel like personally makes us different, and this is just my experience of working with other indie photographers, other indie videographers, and um, no, you know, no, no shade towards them because I, I work with them for a reason. I think they're good at what they do, but I think something that me and Cal do that some that separates us apart is that I think that we go the extra mile that typically indie videographers don't do because you're working on a limited budget, because you're working on limited resources and network and stuff like that. We tend to fall into the run and gun style. You know what I'm saying? And I think it gives people this idea that it's very, very cheap or lesser value. So I think me and Cal really try to go out of our way. Um, when we shoot a music video, we don't just show up and shoot. We don't plan the artist's outfit. We don't plan their makeup, their hair, their, you know, everything, that every little detail we have planned. We bought in a production designer. We have went out and did the shopping for the props. We shit we've gone out and done the shopping for the clothes if need be you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. so um I think we're hustlers in that sense in that when I first started off in some of the videographers and photographers that I work with it's very much so you show up and shoot because that's the cheapest way to do it yeah um and I think we really kind of grind and use our resources to be able to like he said a one-stop shop we're going to make sure your outfit is hot even if I'm down here shooting a music video and I need clothes I'm gonna call Cal hey let's put together this wardrobe Mm -hmm. Like, so when an artist come to us, in particular for music videos, guarantee you're going to get everything done. We're going to hire your makeup. We're going to hire your hair. We're going to, you know what I'm saying? We're going to do all, I just did the logos for the artist. We're going to do your logos. We're going to, whatever you need is exactly. going to get done in the course of shooting your music video. Okay. And I haven't found that a right. lot. Yeah. I was going to say, um, I don't know if y'all know, but I was in the music industry for a little while when I worked okay. with artists in New Jersey and no. No, I, I never, listen, I felt like I was doing all of that. And it was just like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> like, what am I paying you for? But, right, right. Yeah, so I, definitely I think that's not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, okay, so last couple of questions. If money wasn't an option, right, what would you guys do every day? Man. We'd be shooting our first feature right now. Okay. If money was not an issue and, you know, Cal does this full time. I still work a nine to five on top of, you know, the freelancing. But mm -hmm. um, I, I, I'm not to speak for Cal, so maybe he can confirm. But I feel like one of our biggest things is that we've been ready for a feature. We want the budget for a feature. That That is where I've been at, at least. Okay. Yeah. What about I you? I think Cal? for me. It wouldn't necessarily be a feature or not be a feature. I think that if, if money weren't an issue, we would just be putting more into the type of projects that we do. Because there are a host of things that we enjoy or want to do better than we like. Even let's say we haven't done a feature. Oh, we lost a little bit, Cal. To do again, if we just, they were totally different. So 
I think just in general, if money was an issue, we would still put that to grow the, you know, the level of execution, um, you know, that we deliver, you know, just to make a better product. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that too. I do. So what's the vision for you guys for the next five years? That's our meeting on Monday. (laughs) 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 No, literally, um, it's funny that you should ask because, you know, we planned um, 2020 out and then we had to rewrite it as it came at us. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we're about to have our, which we do, every December <laughs> since last December yeah. uh, and, and plan our year out, um, you know, five years from now, I mean, and I'll say initially we we've always dreamed that, you know, we would be doing large scale product productions for, you know, some of your favorite household names and then some not, you know, I think one, one part of us definitely wants to be out there regularly working for some of your household names while um, the other part of us definitely wants to help other indie artists and, you know, people of that nature who need creative directors to donate us for that 100000 like that. Yeah. Okay. I definitely would like that, yeah. In the next five years, um, the goal would be to have, you know, expanded the team. You know, me and Cal don't want to be shooting forever. You know, even within the last year or two, both of us have kind to kind of started to navigate into more of a director's role, mm. um, you know, which has come with the expansion of the business. And so in the ne- next five years, I'd like to have dedicated shooters for certain that I know, you know, we don't have to jump on the camera if we don't want to. Um, and people that are just a little bit more in-house, I think we, we have contractors now. Mm-hmm. I definitely like to be, create that to be more of an in-house and possibly even have our own studio space to not have that. That eliminates one third party already. You know, that that's I'm gonna claim that for y'all. See, there we go. We're gonna shoot you first. We're gonna shoot you first. Uh, <laughs> I want to be in nobody's movie, nobody's <laughs> production, unless y'all gonna be shooting the podcast. That's it. You know what? <laughs> We're gonna get you in there. We're gonna get you a part in there. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, any questions for me? It's something new that I'm trying. Do y'all have anything to ask me? before we you know what I, I do actually I'm Uh-oh. I think the business shower idea really was such a good idea you know and you've seen memes about it and things like this but I thought like you're actually you know bringing it to fruition mm-hmm. so my question is kind of what made you want to do the business shower podcast well or the business shower company altogether okay so um for that reason um it, it was a lot of people for first I kept seeing the meme and it was just like, this is a good idea. Somebody needs to, to bring it to light. And then it was, you know, everybody around me was getting married and having babies and wedding showers and yeah. baby showers. And I'm like, what if I never have any children, you know? Right, right. So, but I'm start, I'm out here starting businesses. So nobody's going to celebrate the fact that, you know, I'm starting a business. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we got to change that. So that was my whole point of um, starting the business shower uh, events. And then the podcast came about because of the pandemic. It was just like, how am I going to pivot in this pandemic? The only way I could pivot is to start a podcast. Um, I could have did virtual events, but mm, I like physical events. So Um, I decided to pivot with the podcast, and that's why we're here today. That's awesome, bro. Thank from one indie uh, entertainer to, you know, or uh, entrepreneur to another, th- thank you for thinking on that level. I, I think it's really important. Exposure, 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 by, by any means, in constant exposure. So I, I appreciate that. I do. Yes, yes. Do you have any questions for me, Cal? I do. I thank you so much for choosing us, number one, for the exposure. Um, No, I think I got, um, I think I was going to somehow ask some uh, similar questions to what Portia asked, because I do always like to understand why people who, I guess, start things that aren't necessarily to help them, you know what I'm saying, like what their motivation is. So that's always nice to 
Absolutely. So, guys, tell us where your listeners can connect with you online. So, the best place to connect with me online is Instagram. And uh, it's just my my name. So, it's at K-A-L-T-R-E-V-O-R. Yeah, that's probably the best place to connect with me. Um, Not only would you be able to contact me, like, uh, I think I have my text number on there, email, as well as, you know, you'll be able to DM me, but it's also a great place to see um, my latest work and my oldest work because everything is there. Right. Yeah. Then you also have the business page at also on Instagram and Facebook, which is at Red Site Media, S-Y-T-E. Um, and then my personal page, which you can also find pretty much all of my work. I post everything to my personal page, too. It's uh, at director.pbrown. Um, and if you go on our pages, you'll find links to our YouTube. You'll find links to the website. Um, not to do the shameless plug, but our documentary just dropped. You know what I'm hey, shout that out. Talk about so, the documentary you know, for a second. Yeah, so Cultivated, our, um, our religious cult documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually shot it in Jersey. The survivors are from Jersey, so it was really and personal we, yeah. um, for me. I don't know if you've had a chance to watch it yet. No, but I'm um, you nice. may recognize a face or two in there. Okay. Um, so check it out when you get a chance. But yeah, cultivated. We're really pushing that. It is a very heartfelt story. It is it is a true story mm-hmm. and um, something that we want to bring light to, in the, especially in the black community, religious cults, and how to be able to identify them and see the red signs and just kind of breaking the stigma that people have on survivors of cults. Okay. Um, and then just look out for our sci-fi. We just shot in. Afrofuturistic sci-fi in Harlem. Um, so that'll be coming out soon. It is done. We just haven't released it yet. Okay. So yeah, we got some big stuff in the works. I'm excited. Okay. okay. So check okay. out Cultivated. Check out Cultivated. I am. I am. We're gonna check it out tonight. Me and my husband. We ain't got nothing to do tonight. So it's about 20, 20, 22. What is it? 22 in like 30 seconds. Yeah, that's okay. it. Yeah, that's not that's not long. So yeah, I mean, I, I like stuff like that anyway. So we'll definitely be checking it out. All right. Well, that is a wrap for this episode. Thank you guys, and um, we'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Today's episode of the Business Shower Podcast is sponsored by O2 Connect Networking. Looking for a great platform to connect and network with other New Jersey Black-owned businesses? Check out the O2 Connect Networking, which allows brotherpreneurs and sisterpreneurs to promote and market their new businesses, events, community service projects, and more. Find them on Facebook at O2 Connect Networking, on IG at O2 Connect Networking 22, or join their mailing list by emailing them at O2Connect at Yahoo.com.